This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Shoulder drives the net, it's a shot off, but it's wide of Barstrom's net. Now Marchand centers, Bergeron to McAvoy, he scores! Scotiabank saddled home tonight. Charlie McAvoy, the hero in overtime for the Bruins. Calgary with a season high 57 shots. Boston with a season low 19 shots. But the Bruins beat the Flames 4-3 in overtime. A tough way to start the homestand for the Calgary Flames. You put one of your best efforts of the season on the table and it's not enough to get past the league-leading Boston Bruins in overtime. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We come at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta. Lots to get to on the program today. We will dive into all things Calgary Flames and the Boston Bruins from last night with uh, Pete Labardius, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, in just seconds here. NHL trade deadline coming up on Friday. But we had a massive amount of trades yesterday, huge trades all across the league, including a big one last night from the LA Kings. We've seen more trades tomorrow, more players being held out for trade-related reasons. So we will continue to bring you that news as it breaks throughout the day. We'll also check in up the road in Edmonton. Mark Spector of Sportsnet is going to join us in the second hour. The Oilers, in my mind, making a massive addition to their blue line, acquiring Matthias Ekholm from the uh, Nashville Predators. We'll get Speck's thoughts on that and see what else Ken Holland might have up his sleeve before the trade deadline. And uh, we'll check in on all things uh, NHL and all the madness we've seen uh, with our pal uh, Peter Klein coming up uh, in the second hour as well. But let's kick things off like we always do. Heading down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline and saying hello to uh, the color voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. He is Peter Labardius. He is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group is now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit the Gemini Group. Dot .ca. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I am uh, excellent. Just uh, left the Ed Whalen Lounge where Daryl Sutter had a very open and quality conference with the media where he was very upbeat, sounded like he had potentially individual meetings with a lot of people today. And I would guess, Logan, a lot of that was positive and this is the balancing act for teams for organizations um, when you go through these types of seasons 
and it has been incredibly frustrating, and it's been frustrating for everyone involved. And one of the reasons it's been frustrating is because of nights like last night and the way this team, by and large, and it's not been perfect, and they haven't won enough games, and no, they haven't had enough saves and haven't scored enough goals. But, Logan, we both saw it with our own eyes last night again. And, yes, I saw the Boston Bruins the night before with my own two eyes as well. Were they the same team? No. Were they on the last game of a road trip? Yes. Were they in a back-to-back? Yes. Do I factor all of that in? Absolutely. No one has done to the Boston Bruins this year in any situation at any time what happened last night in this building. And while you get an A for effort, this is Daryl's line today, and it's a great one, for him, you get a big pat on the back for effort. Effort gets you one, winning gets you two. And that's the finite nature of everything that goes on. So, yes, it was a gut punch, as described by a lot of others. Time does feel like it's an enemy. You are chasing. You are not completely in control. But somehow, some way, last night has got to be viewed by this team as a good thing. Because it was a good thing. Nobody's done that to the Boston Bruins. No one. And I don't care what you tell me about four and six, all of it. Nobody has done that. No one. No, and we're not we're not early on in the season, Lou. We're you know no. sixty plus games in. They've had plenty of opportunities where they've been on the other half of back to backs and been tired at the end of road trips and et cetera, et cetera. Boston's like you said, doesn't matter. It's not a ten game sample size. The majority of the no. season's done already, and that hasn't happened to them before. Here's what I will tell you, though, and I don't think you'll mind me sharing it, and that's Brendan Parker who. Just one of my favorite guys, period, in the media, and period for a long time. Yes, sir. I'm a huge fan. And as you know, that doesn't come for me that easily sometimes. I'm a bit of a hard marker. Um, He said, being where he was at his desk, which is, for people who don't know, on the bottom floor between the two dressing rooms. And he said the Bruins came out for the third, and it was basically... Here we go, boys, followed by one word, automatic. That's their mindset. That's not coming out of the other room, and nor should it be. Last night was perfect evidence that the Boston Bruins truly believe that they are going to find a way regardless that they're going to win. When you get that feeling about your group, that goes a long way. But they've earned that, Logan. They've earned that because there have not been nights like that for them. And someone, whether last night it was the goalie, and really, you know, you could almost go back to the last 17 seconds of that hockey game in overtime. Flames had a good overtime. They had three or four quality chances. That one of, didn't one of their better overtimes all I season. I couldn't agree. I thought they handled it well. They regrouped. They pulled pucks back out. They took advantage of having a short change when they were in Boston zone. But what happened at the end was 
Patrice Bergeron, who doesn't lose many faceoffs, won a faceoff. Boston had control of the puck. The puck got dumped into the corner for a guy who's pretty good in big situations, whether it's regular season or has been his whole life. And he takes two guys with him when only one needed to go. He got the puck to Patrice Bergeron, whose intelligence smarts, no panic, and you know there was no panic, despite the fact that that clock was running down to zero. Found McAvoy backdoor. Game over. That's elite. On a night where those guys were average beyond belief. And trust me, that game probably will be as important for Boston as maybe it will be for Calgary. Because that may have planted a bit of a seed of doubt for them, too. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, we talk about it all the time, right? When you get into those those winning streaks and those modes sometimes where things are coming easy for you, it's not always the worst thing to have a, a no. bit of a reminder that this is a tough league and anybody can beat you at any given night. And I'm not saying we're talking, you know, complete fallacies between the Flames and the Bruins, but you, you know what I mean when I say that in the of sense course that, I do. you know, plenty of teams go through, and even we can talk about, you know, different versions of the Calgary Flames at times have, when you don't face some of that adversity every now and then, it's uh, it's hard for the coaching staff or for anybody else to to reel it in because you're feeling so good about yourself all the time. Well, wasn't last year, in a sense, one of those years? Yeah, 100%. You know, it really didn't – I mean, it was hard against Dallas. Don't get me wrong. And it's always going to be hard, though, for teams, even when they're heavily favored, if they don't have a lot of playoff success. Because playoff success breeds playoff success. And that's where you do gain confidence. And that's where you do go through the battles. And and for me, it's why I value that time of year a hundred times more than the regular season. Even though I know absolutely, because I watch it every day, it's never been harder in this league, more competitive or more difficult to make the playoffs. But it takes special teams and usually experience and time and even with everything, Logan, that's going on right now in, in the East, and it's, it's wild, and it's an arms race for the ages over there, there's a difference between knowing you're ready and even when people say, and I hear it a lot, and I don't disagree with it in principle, that the West is up for grabs within reason. It's up for grabs. But as Tampa Bay is perfect evidence, as a lot of teams are perfect evidence. I mean, even St. Louis. So let's go back to 2019. It's not like St. Louis had been crap, 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 super crap, and then got hot. No, no. They were always a team for a number of years that knocked on that door and was a threat. Did they have a red rotten start to 2018-29? Yes. On a December 16th afternoon in St. Louis, Missouri, against the Calgary Flames, a period the Flames outscored St. Louis in 4-0 in the first. It might have been one of the worst performances and periods by an NHL team I've ever seen. And a few months later, they hoisted the Stanley Cup. 
but that's different. That was a team who had experience and, frankly, was just having a bad year. But they weren't on a roller coaster ride one year in, one year out, one year in, one year out. That's no. not it. They were around it for a number of they years. They were around it for a lot of years. And then they got over. Look at Tampa. Boston, and I know that it's somewhat recency bias, but not really, because I saw the Boston Bruins in their glory on Monday night. And then I saw them last night. But what I was reminded of after the game, and further to your point, Mr. Gordon, there's not been a lot of adversity over there. Could they be the Tampa Bay Lightning this year when Tampa won 62 in the regular season and we were all thinking nobody's stopping this train? But in the end, you know what happened to Tampa? They realized after what happened against Columbus, that they had to address areas that they hadn't addressed. And that's why, again, with a team very much in its window and and elite-level players who are getting a little older, a little older, and they've lost a lot of key players because that's what happens in the salary cap, you don't think they wouldn't like to have Ryan McDonough back on their back end right about now? Sure would. Of course they would. Um, and a couple other pieces, too. You know, would they like to have Andre Palat back? Oh, yes, they would. But they don't. And and that's... But the reason they do what they do for Tanner Janot is... And you can thank Blake Coleman in part for this. They spent heavily to get Goodrow and Coleman. And it led them to two straight Stanley Cups because that element for that group... They didn't have. They had all the skill in the world. That's why they won 62. So you have to learn even when you're really good. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to Boston. But I do know this. At some point, it'll be interesting if they get down by a game or two in a series. Now, they have the people to fix it. Yes. Which is also very important. Well, it's, you know, and just the last one on that before we get to some Calgary things is mm-hmm. it's uh, the year after year question of winning the President's Trophy, Lou. How often does a team that wins the President's Trophy uh, for the best regular season go on to have mountains of playoff success that year? It's pretty rare. It, it's it's not it's not with regular uh, linkage, is it? No, from one president's trophy to the only trophy that really matters mm-hmm. you're right it's 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 very very true uh, a couple of flames topics uh to get to from last night dan vladar got the start against his former team uh it was not a sterling performance for uh for young dan vladar uh gives up two goals on four shots he is pulled after 20 minutes jacob markstrom goes the remaining way which is periods two three and uh, almost the entirety of the five-minute five, uh, five overtime period, Lou. Um, asked Daryl about it post-game and t- echoed the word uh, that I used, and that it's frustrating for the team to find themselves down early again, but liked how his team battled back. Uh, I'm curious if there was any conversation around the goaltending oh, from yeah. the head coach today. Oh, yeah, and Patty's going to dig into it deep this afternoon, I guarantee it. The goaltending question probably just got answered today. 
you're going to see a lot of Jacob Markstrom down the stretch. You're in a playoff series right now. Yep. And that's where they're going to go. And I think that's where they're going to go for a little while. And that is not a knock on Daniel Vladar. It isn't. I think he's an excellent goalie. But it should let people know pretty quickly the difference between a young guy in the right role who is growing and progressing, what it can be like when the role changes. And the role changed here. It became an open competition really since the break. And that's not to say that Jacob has taken it and run with it. But now he's going to get some more leash. And you'll hear that from Daryl on this radio station, and I'm sure sooner rather than later. Because he addressed it, and he wasn't quite as firm as I'm being, but I know how coaches think. And while I can't always read who's going to play... I can read the philosophy of how people think. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, Logan, and you were in this room when we talked about it, and you know Derek spearheaded it last night, it's time. And it is time. And it's also now on Jacob to be at his best. Because if he's not, they're out. And they might have trouble getting in even if he is at his best with the position they've put them in. But coaches in every sport that I have ever been around, and it doesn't even matter whether it's hockey, baseball, softball, it didn't matter whether I was in this role, whether I was a player as a kid, whether I was on a coaching staff along the way, when it gets to crunch time, you're going with the people that you believe are the best. And if you get beat, you get beat. That's how I see the goaltending situation. And after what I just heard out of the head coach's mouth, I don't think he's far off that page. In fact, I think he's authored that book. Another storyline we were watching last night, uh, Lou, was a change up on the defensive pairings. Yes. Two of the three uh, changed up. The top four were different. Weger with Anderson, Hannafin with Tanev, which we've seen before. Um, I thought it produced some interesting results last night for the team, and uh, it was something I was very curious to ask Daryl about. And uh, this is what he said to me post game when I asked about you know why, what he saw from them, what he liked and didn't like from the group. And there, there's not a ton here, Lou, but there is a very interesting part at the end that gives you, I think, all the reasoning that you need to know from the head coach. Here's uh, Daryl Sutter on his new look D pairings last night against Boston. It's an ongoing. That's been, you know, that's that's often asked question, right? So, I think uh, no and and Tanny, when Anderson was out, played to play together, and they played together before I was here. So, uh, try to try to get Rasmus going again. Quite honest. That last part for me. That's it, because that is what it is. Yeah. And I feel for Rasmus because, you know, he went through something that hopefully none of us will ever have to go through. Getting hit by a car and waking up in an ambulance and then immediately being put into an MRI machine in Detroit. Terrifying. 
That's a real game changer, not what happened last night. That's a life changer and a game changer. So, you know, it he hasn't quite been back to himself. And so, Logan, on the theme of this show, which is your best people have to be your best people, starting in goal, well, he's your best guy on defense, and he's earned that, and he's earned that this year by taking, in my estimation, throughout the majority of the year, another step. But not like, unlike everybody else on this team, whether you're a scorer, playmaker, a producer, a checker, like whatever role you are in, those people now all have to bring their A games to the rink every night and demand that out of themselves and out of their teammates to get into the playoffs. That's where they're at. And there may be changes between now and when you and I are off the air at 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon. But that area has got to be better, and it's why I've spoken about it all year. And that's not just my thought. My, my foundation of how I think about the game is pretty simple, and it usually comes from people who know way more than I do. And because I get to chat with Daryl on a pretty regular basis, and, you know, listen, frankly... I know he has not been completely pleased with his defensive group all year. And it's really important, even though they've given up the second fewest shots in the league. But we saw last night, I, I think as big a story, like you had to get Raz going. That's for sure. Rasmus Anderson. I should mm-hmm. never use nicknames because people don't know those. <laughs> so that's a pet peeve for me in broadcasting. <laughs> we should never use nicknames. Except when referring to ourselves, which is fine because Lou's way better than Pete or Lou Bardius. So I'm good with Lou. Um, and it's better than the A word, which I get called <laughs> probably on a daily basis too. Um, but I thought Mackenzie Weger had an outstanding night too. Yes. A- and it's a pretty good group back there. It's still shy of one person for me for sure. If not two, especially with Michael out, as in Stone, in terms of getting to seven and getting to eight. Dennis Gilbert's done a real nice job. But your top four is the basis of your group. They play the most minutes. They usually are your penalty killers. You're going to find those people on your power play. Those 20 to 25 minutes, depending on game situation responsibility, in that top four, massive. And here we are, 61 games in, still hasn't completely fit, has it? No. If that, that to me, and I've been saying it all year, and I'm going to keep saying it, if this happens to be you know, the right four and the right combos going down the stretch, you're going to see more wins. You're going to see more wins. And and Noah was really good last night, and he's been better with Chris lately than he was with Rasmus, and yet they've had stretches this year, like the road trip just prior to Christmas where they were elite. Probably as good a pairing as you'd find in that 10- or 12-day stretch but you need a month-and-a-half stretch. 
and you laid some foundation last night with it. Logan, you know, the overriding factor with all of this is when you analyze each and every day, and we do it each and every game, when you continue to find more questions that need answers than answered questions, you're not there, and they're not there. Uh, before we let you go, Lou, uh, you and me will be uh, a part of our trade deadline coverage here on Sportsnet yeah, what are we 960. Get, what are we going to talk about? Like <coughs> your favorite kind of Slurpee or... You know what? Are, where where are we going to go? Yeah, we might have to. Uh, we might have to make up our own trades. In, and... in, in all seriousness, though, I like, in a sense, what we're probably going to have to do, and what we're probably going to have to do in part because just about every big name is off the board at this point. We know that there's still Jacob Chikrin, and there's still going to be other things that happen, but. Logan, one of my favorite parts each and every year, it's actually not where the big guys go. It's the smaller transactions with people who many people have either never heard of or never watched play. What kind of read can you get on them? And I think that's an area where, for me, I feel like I'm in pretty good shape. One I did want to run by you is one that we got word of uh, last night as we were uh, just in the midst of the Flames yes, Talk post-game sure show. Um, quickly before that, a little bit of news today squeaking out, so who knows what it's going to be like by the end of today. Uh, mm-hmm. We've already had a trade. Lars Eller uh, is joining the defending Stanley Cup champions in Colorado. He's been traded by Washington. What did they give up? Uh, a 2025 you know second-round pick. That's a real good pickup for Colorado. Can never have enough depth down the middle. It's been an area that they've struggled with. Eller has a winning pedigree, pretty good chunk of playoff experience. He's won a Stanley Cup, and it's the one area on that team, you know, they've they've mixed and matched it together pretty well, and one of the reasons they have, frankly, is not only have they gotten healthier, but it's been a real good year for JT Comfer, who's – really helped solidify that number two center role that was left vacant by By Nazem Kadri. And Alex Newhook just gets better and better every time I see him. So now you have more flexibility with your forwards because Newhook, um, you know, who played wing and did it very, very well at the World Junior in 2021, is very speedy, very versatile. And so I I think that's a terrific add. By Colorado, but let's get the yeah. let's get to the bigger one. Yes, the big one last night uh, came down first from uh, Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff. Uh, the LA Kings and Rob Blake taking a big swing. Uh, they moved Jonathan Quick to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange. Uh, a first round pick in the draft goes to Columbus as well. A third round pick in twenty twenty four. The Kings pick up Vladislav Gavrikov. And Jonas Corpusalo and Lou, not long after Frank tweeted that the trade was coming down, uh, he was also hearing rumors that uh, the deal had not been well received by Jonathan Quick and many members of the LA Kings, who just finished off a dramatic uh, win against the Winnipeg Jets in a shootout uh, last night. Huge win for them. 
Uh, obviously, Jonathan Quick is not the same Jonathan Quick that was winning Stanley Cups with this group, Lou, but uh, still an important figure in that locker room, clearly. Uh, a guy who just saw one of his teammates get a statue uh, in Dustin Brown out front uh, for all of the accolades mm-hmm. that they had there. and He's going to get his own. He will get his own. There's And deserves it by a mile. What did you what did you think when you saw that trade come down? And I guess as a part of that, when you saw the news that it wasn't exactly being well received by his teammates, his well, former I, teammates. I, I guess. I'd first say that n- neither part of it surprised me. Um, in terms of just the hockey portion of it, do I think it's it's a good trade for the Los Angeles Kings? Yes, absolutely. You know, gives them a veteran, hard-nosed guy on the back that needed a change. Um, I've liked Gavrikov for quite some time. I think he's an underrated, hard guy to play against. Um, And I think at this time of year, and especially come April 15th or 16th, that is incredibly important. But this one's different. And if I'm the LA Kings... And I listen, I understand their goaltending situation. The year started where, you know, Cal Peterson was supposed to be the guy that took the next step, and he spent a ton of time, and now the majority of time in Ontario with the Reign, their AHL team. Um, Jonathan Quick is not what he used to be, but I really worry about their captain and the key guys on that team. I absolutely do. It, it's taking me a little bit to what happened in San Jose with Pavelski. Yes. And that didn't it's go a really good example. very big, did it? Yeah. Um, you know, they're proud over there. They're champions over there. Uh, I always start in L.A. with three pieces. Um, a guy I respect greatly in Todd McClellan, their head coach. Be curious to know how involved he was in this transaction and what he's feeling right now, I know what he's going to say publicly. He's no choice. But um, the fact that they added to their team arguably are better today than they were yesterday. And it got that kind of response from the leaders of your team? That's tricky. Now, they're pros and they're winners, and... They'll probably get past it. Logan, here's here's my last thought on it. And again, I'm not paid to do these things. And I'm very respectful of the people that do. It's hard. And you always want to improve your team when you get a chance to improve them. Your team, not only for today, but going forward. Could that have been handled differently? And should they have maybe kind of... I can't think of the proper adjective because I'm going to blow it, but do you ride that one out till the summer? Because is it really your time now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of those guys are, are like, rentals. Like, like, is it, is, are you upseating some of the teams in the West like with if, what you if, are? If the LA Kings are the Colorado Avalanche, which to me... The West still goes through them. They're the best. I don't care where they are in the standings. And they're probably going to end up winning their division, as it turns out anyway, with the way things are gone. And that's nothing against Dallas and 
because the guys that run that team behind the bench are some of my all-time favorite humans in hockey I've ever dealt with, in Pete DeBoer and Steve Spott. But is this L.A.'s time? And do I think Phoenix Copley's going to give you great playoff success? Probably not. But do I... But do I think it's L.A.'s time in terms of a team that's done a wonderful job building up their pool? They've rejuvenated people like Kopitar and Doughty because they are winners and will always be winners and Hall of Famers, likely. That's risky. I'm probably probably taking my chances, getting some more playoff experience, and going to Jonathan Quick, and I'm going to have the honest discussion. The problem is, is Daryl was asked about, and who knows him any better than him? No one. You might just put this guy on a mission where he comes back and finds it in his competitive and ultra beyond competitive way to be great for one more year. Yeah. So that guy probably deserved better. In that case, so I'm 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 fascinated to watch the ripple effect if there is any. Mm. I don't I don't deny that it's a good hockey trade, but this business has never been more about people than it is about hockey. Lou, we will chat with you again tomorrow. Thanks for the time, as always, pal. We got uh, another Eastern Conference powerhouse coming in, and Ooh, always there's fun. A, there's when... a fascinating case study right now, too. Yes, talk about. Uh, we'll have to do some roster updating ourselves on our uh, sheets as we get set to see who will be in and who will be out of this no new look. Kidding. Maple Leafs lineup. We'll uh, chat with you tomorrow on a game day, pal. Thanks. Take care. Take care, Pete Labardius. The color voice of the Calgary Flames joins us every single day to kick off the program. He is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations. It should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference, offering air miles, reward miles. You can visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Back on the practice ice today for the Calgary Flames. Reflecting on that loss to Boston and getting set for the Toronto Maple Leafs, we hear from head coach Daryl Sutter, Andrew Mangiapane, and Jacob Markstrom next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. One game into the homestand for the Calgary Flames. One point in a loss to the Boston Bruins. Next up, the Toronto Maple Leafs. A revamped version of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ryan O'Reilly trade goes down. They make a big trade with the Blackhawks. Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, then a handful of moves yesterday as well. Pierre Engvall no longer a Leaf. Luke Shen is a Leaf once again. Rasmus Sandin is out. Eric Gustafson is in. We'll have plenty to get to ahead of Thursday's matchup between the Leafs and the Calgary Flames. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. And, yeah, a tough one for the Calgary Flames last night. You put one of your best efforts of the season out there. And, again, you were let down by goaltending. Dan Vladar, two goals on four shots in the first period. It's just not good enough. I've said it time and time again here. This team is not built 
to come from behind in these games. You can have limited offense, but more nights than not, the Flames are not going to come back from two, three-goal deficits, especially not against a Boston Bruins team as good as that one. And that was the low end of what this Bruins team is, and at times they still look pretty damn good. The end of a four-game road trip, they were on a back-to-back. The Flames certainly took advantage where they could, but you're still not able to come out with a win, and that's a, a very frustrating one. It probably makes things for Brad Treliving ahead of the trade deadline a little bit more complicated because, again, you're left with examples of how good this team can be. And as Lou and others have said, if you put that effort out there that you had against Boston Tuesday night in some of those easier games that you had earlier this season, whether it be Montreal, Chicago, Columbus, you're more than likely in a much better spot when it comes to playoff positioning today than you actually are. So what team is this? I still think we're trying to figure that out. I still think that's a question that the GM and the coach are trying to figure out. Jacob Markstrom came in, I thought did a a pretty good job over the two periods and most of overtime that he could do. Loved the pushback from the group, but again, all of these positives to say you walked out with one point on a night where you deserved to, and more importantly, probably needed to based on how things went on the out-of-town scoreboard. But they were back at practice today putting on a uh, positive face to uh, a lot of the problems they've had recently and trying to, you know, get set for the Toronto Maple Leafs and another tough challenge on Thursday. Daryl Sutter and a couple members of the Flames holding media availabilities after practice. Lots to get to with head coach Daryl Sutter this afternoon at the Saddledome. Goaltending, obviously, a huge focus for him. And uh, as you heard Lou mention, as we kicked off hour one, and as you've heard a couple times, sure sounds as though the head coach is going in a very specific direction for this team, at least for the next little while when it comes to who's going to get the uh, the ball to, in goal for the Calgary Flames. Here is head coach Daryl Sutter Wednesday afternoon at the Scotiabank Saddledome following practice as they get set for the Maple Leafs on Thursday. Well, you've coached almost 1,700 games in this league, regular season of playoffs. Have there been a lot of games like last night's? Is there 1,700? Yeah, had regular season of playoff, you're getting close. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, quite honest, I told a couple of players that I've been in lots of games, but I don't know when you've had 90-some shot attempts and lose. <laughs> so, you know what, take the positives out of it and let's go again. What, what did you guys have for scoring chances? Uh, in the 30s, yeah, should score four. How would you assess your team's confidence level? Uh, We're good. You know, I talked to everybody individually today, and and uh, we're good. I mean, we still have a. I'm. I might be serious, but I still believe we win 21 in a row. So that's how I feel. What do you make of the playoff chase, and as it relates to where your team is in the standings? Right yeah, I think I've said it all along. It doesn't change. I mean, I said this last summer, and some of the pundits should have listened to me about the way the division is, right? 
five teams. There's going to be one good one not get in, and all five could come. So, so we just got to keep plowing here. I know how important the process is, but talking to some players, they are kind of tired of hearing about that. They want results. Is, yeah. is that what you want to hear from them? Yeah. You know what? You get it's. You know, here's my take on last night. You get one point for effort. You get two for a win. When you look at that effort, though, and you see that, and and knowing what you just said, uh, there's still some points available yeah. there. I mean, can it yeah. take a game where you finally just get the results? Of the you know what, Brandon? No one's saying that, right? That's that's my as a leader and a responsibility and all that to stay positive and keep pushing the buttons, right? That's that's the key, right? But the next part is is to to uh, the complete part of it. You know what? We have we you you get full marks and pat on the back for you know for overcoming bad goals and coming back against a team like that and all that but then you got a 3-2 lead right with a handful of minutes left and you can't take that 4 and 4 penalty that plays into the stars hands always on the other team and you can't take the penalty 4 on 4 can't take that so and then you have to have the structure of in your penalty killing so you know there's those little things that you have to it had nothing to do with overtime. It had to do with coming into that, right? So, obviously, there's always areas you got to clean up, but those are individual things that you, that's your responsibility, right? Take care of it. How would you assess the team's goaltending the past five games or so? I think we've given up too many goals against. So, if you look at it, our, uh, you know, our save percentage is not where it needs to be. That's clear, right? And, you know, we've given up the second few shots in the NHL. So you should really should have, we should have a better record, but that's that's past. You got to deal with it. You know we need we need Marky to get to get hot. You know he's hot. You know he's such a great teammate and great guy. Now he's got to really put his foot on it. So you anticipate him getting more of a workload uh, as you try to get him hot heading forward? Or? Absolutely. I mean, if you're in a series, that's how you got to look at it, right? We're playing playing playoff games. Given this team's position in the standings and the trade deadline coming, do those your conversations with the players today at all deal? With no, that? not at all. And you know what gets overlooked always in the, especially here, uh, because we have our farm team here. I'm really clear on it. I haven't. I I stay right away from all the any noise or white noise of other players or other teams. I think we have a lot of really good young players here that are coming, and I've got to see them this year. So that's what makes I look at the big. You know, and I don't know how many coaches actually do that, but I look at the big picture part of it. Right? I think we brought up those two kids, and they're really going to be really good additions to our team going forward. And I think there's three or four more on the Wranglers that are too. So I'm not, I'm, I'm quite happy right where we are with this group. So you're not wishing for short term absolute, or long term? Absolutely not. The only way I look at any of that is if it's something that's helps your team in the long run that's that's the only way it's because you're, you're not a you have to get there right? it's not like you're there Daryl on different old the Kings traded Jonathan Quick yeah. you won with him how integral yeah. was he on those couple yeah. he was one of the leaders I mean obviously that's a guy who played a pile of playoff games and and played hurt and had major surgeries after a couple of them and still came back and he's a he's a warrior he's one of the old old style guys right the legacy of him in LA, the, the warrior aspect? Absolutely. He's a great leader in the room, great work ethic, great personality. 
<laughs> dominant competitor, I'll tell you that. I mean, those a lot of those series, you look how deep, you know, they were they were tough series, and obviously those teams had good goalies too, and that was his challenge. He wanted to he wanted to be better than the other goalie. Speaking of that competitiveness, Tyler and Trevor would say even if you score on in practice, you can expect a puck to be whistled. Yeah, there was usually a little racket. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Like you know, you think about it, that just tells you how it how it changes, right? Because LA, you know, they re- rebuilt and they've done an awesome job of it, and and you know, and kept the four or five guys that. You know, now Brownie retired, and now Jonathan's gone. So they, you know, they still have Drew and Kopi, and and uh, just tells you how teams change, and then it takes those four or five years again, and then they, then they start turning again. So, uh, you know, he's had a great career, and I know full well today he'll be, he'll be ready to steal his whole thing. I'll be. I want to show somebody. I, I guarantee that. Well, there are a lot of teams who are in an arms race, it appears, in the Western or in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. In your experience, can you make too many changes to a team that's kind of rolling, even if it makes the team better on paper? Yeah, you don't know till it's over. You know, we in LA, uh, just from experience, and the first the first cup we won there, you know, it was pretty substantial. You know, we made five or six, uh, brought kids up and and traded uh, for Jeff Carter. And, yeah, so it was pretty significant. Like there was like five guys that went into our lineup, so that's a lot. And and uh, like three or four of them were just kids: Dwight King, Jordan Nolan, Anzi Kop- or uh, Slava Voinov. Uh, so that was the first one. And then bringing Jeff in, trade Jack Johnson for Jeff Carter. And then the next one, when we knew we wanted goal scoring again, you know, we did a lot of work on it. We ended up getting um, Gabby Marion Gabrick, who. You know, he set a record in the playoffs for the team for goals. So, you know, you bring those those star factors are significant. The the role guys usually uh, usually are great character guys, so they fit in. You know, if they're in the if they're in the win mode, so it's you don't know till it's over. Quite honest, I think when you're looking at at uh, the East, there, um, hey, Tampa's three times Stanley Cup finalist, so. You got to keep pace with them. You got to do it in your division, and it's like when I talk about it. But you got to do it. You got to keep pace in your division. And once you get close to that deadline, you think you're a, a team that can have a run at, then then you load up. Because if you win, you know it's look what Tampa's doing. It's gonna once that's all done, you know once those stars max out, well then they're gonna be in that position again too that Chicago's going through now and. Uh, that LA went through, like it's, it's clear. Like you know, the, those top teams. I mean, there was three or four of us that won all the cups. For if you look at it, we knew we had to go through Chicago or St. Louis or Anaheim. So those were the four teams that always went after it, right? So now look, Chicago, where Chicago is. Look where St. Louis is. Look where Anaheim is. Look what LA did. Like so, that's that's the cycle, the circle. It was a pretty crazy day in the league for that type of stuff. As a hockey fan, do you follow it, get caught up a little bit in that? No, I think just the big names, you know, because quite honestly, those big names you see a guy like Patrick Kane who you went to war with, but you had a great amount of respect for it because of that, right? So to see him get another, you know what, Rangers are legit.
your thoughts on the fact that these Eastern teams are loading up the way that they are, and by comparison, teams in the West, including in your division, are a little bit more Because Colorado's the defending Stanley Cup champion. Right? So you have to be realistic. You want to get get through out here, you're going to have to upset somebody. Right? The other side is Tampa is the benchmark, so Boston, Toronto, Rangers are going after it. Right? There you go. An in-depth conversation with uh, Daryl Sutter, the head coach of the Calgary Flames, following practice at the Scotiabank Saddledome on Wednesday, covering a lot of topics there, including you know his former um, player in, in Jonathan Quick being traded from the LA Kings to uh, some interesting stuff on his old goaltending front. It really sounds there, if you listen to Daryl, that uh, they're going to give Jacob Markstrom some extended time as quote unquote the guy for this group going forward, that um, it's no longer going to be what we've seen the last couple of weeks out of the All Star break, which has been a back and forth between Vladar and Markstrom, seeing who's going to pick up the ball. They're going to run with Jacob Markstrom, who should be this team's number one, is paid to be this team's number one, and you know, despite what's been a down year, I have to agree with the head coach that look, if you're going to get there. If you're going to get to a playoff spot, which is where you want to be for this group, if Jacob Markstrom doesn't turn it around and look more like the guy that we've seen in his first two years in Calgary, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get there anyway. So might as well give him an opportunity, an extended run, to know that he's going to be the guy and he's going to give your team perhaps the best chance to win and could start as soon as Thursday when the Flames welcome in the Toronto Maple Leafs. That'll do it for hour one. We will come back on the other side uh, and take a look up at the team to the north of us. The Edmonton Oilers have been busy. A couple of key trades there. Moving out Jesse Pujarvi. That era comes to an end in Edmonton and making a big splash for a playoff push in a much-needed area, bringing in Matthias Ekholm from the Nashville Predators. Mark Spector from Sportsnet joins us next to talk all things Edmonton Oilers here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.